Hello and welcome to All Villa, No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. The Villa were an A to Z of tactical brilliance as they overwhelmed Dutch side AZ 4-1 in the Conference League. It was another crushing win for Unai Emery's men. And I'm joined today by a man who was there, Paul Webb, chairman of the London Lions. Paul, can you believe what you witnessed in the Netherlands? Uh, morning, Frankie. In short, absolutely not. It's uh, it's a bit of a mind freeze, everything that's going on at the moment with Aston Villa. I just can't quite get my head around it all. This isn't the football club we knew 12 months ago. This isn't the football club we've known for years. We are in not just a rich vein of form. I do genuinely believe this is the start of something very special. And I was... We were talking before the game last night, frankly, looking at the remaining fixtures in the conference league, and you're sort of saying four points on these next two games. AZ were are the number one seed in the group. They got to the semi-final last year. We've all heard and read about the atmosphere they can generate at home. And on paper, this probably looked like our toughest fixture in the group. So if we could have picked up four points from the home game and the away game against them, you would have thought that puts us in good stead to still win the group and get out of the group. But then we just turned up, Frankie, and we were absolutely fantastic. It was just the atmosphere was fantastic in the away end. We silenced their fans. We were it was sensational. One of the best I genuinely think I've seen. I have to agree. I I I um it kept showing shots of AZ fans in like the 58th minute when Villa went 4-0 up, all looking on in shock with like a thousand yard stare. And that was how I was watching it. Cause as a Villa fan, I was like this this cannot be Aston Villa. This just this cannot be what I've grown up with. Um, it feels like something special and unique is happening. Um, it's hard to explain it if you're not a Villa fan, I think, but it really does. Um, but last night, in you know, with with the match, I mean, um, watching it on TV, I thought uh, Tielemans and Leon Bailey were were incredible. Ten out of ten performances that I think particularly Yuri Tielemans needed. The whole team generally were just really at it. But uh, what did you think watching it in the stadium? Yeah. Completely echo. There was some. I think there's been a couple of players who have not um, stood up when they've come in, so there's going to be rotation throughout the season. And I don't think the rotation's been the issue. I think in the games that we've been poor this season, the players coming in just haven't performed well enough, and it's difficult for those players just coming in and out. But ultimately, when you come on the field, you've got to perform. And I thought actually last night to a man, and you've called out probably the two standout players in Bailey and Tielemans, who have been a little bit in and out of the this team this season and form. And I thought they really stood up last night. I thought Tielemans, hopefully that's the start, because it has been a really stop-start time to his career here at Villa, um, which is fine because it is still, what, 10, 15 games into his career at the club. It's really, really early on. It's very unlikely that players just hit the ground running. So I think last night it was a really good game for him to come of age and give us that confidence that this is the exact reason why we signed him. So he was able to sort of rotate in that midfield but not lose any quality. And I think when he's come in before, it has felt like there has been a dip in uh, the quality. But hopefully last night's performance will give him the confidence that mean that we can rotate and the, the quality isn't dropping. Yeah. Um, you know, I and what I liked as well was the understanding between Bailey, Tielemans and Watkins. Um, you know, Tielemans essentially playing as the second striker in the sort of Musa Diaby role, Bailey out on the right. But there were occasions where the two of them were switching. And it felt yeah. like they were so in sync with that switching. And, you know, t- for the second goal, Tielemans put pressure on the CD- on the uh, AZ CDM. 
the stadium gave it away to McGinn. McGinn with a sort of Zinedine Zidane style uh, ball into um, Tielemans, who'd bombed on to score. Uh, and then Leon Bailey, who, who'd sort of, for the first goal, had sort of started it all by getting into the striker's position. And then other times when Cash got forward and Bailey covered him. And I bet Unai Emery watched those two performances yesterday and was uh, absolutely delighted just with the way the two of them have clearly listened to what they were told to do and, and, and enacted it. And, um, you know, did, did you feel like, because uh, I, I actually thought AZ pressed quite well to start with, but it just felt like Villa were too good. Like we just were able to yeah. find a way out of it. Yeah, I think we were talking, we said the first 10, 15 minutes before the goal was a little bit, nobody was on top. It was um, a game where both teams were focusing, but nobody was really taking it to each other. And then after the goal, I felt we were in complete control throughout and I thought they had a good game plan but I was really surprised at how poor AZ were I think that might be just down to how well we were Mm. or how well drilled we were how organised we were how clinical we were throughout the game it's like every chance we had we looked like we were going to put away and we were really clinical but it looked like there was a huge gulf between those two teams last night which really surprised me uh, I thought I just think we were excellent and it was almost like a role reversal to the leggy game it's like the whole mm. day yesterday Frankie was so well organised from a fan's point of view they had a great fan zone and oh, uh, right. nearby buses taking us to the ground including like allowing us to drink on the buses and stuff like that and it meant that when we got into the ground we were creating the atmosphere I was expecting a leggy Tifo mm. display mm. and there was nothing there was like about a one block of their fans who were in the rest of the ground was empty they didn't create any atmosphere and I think we as fans and as a club were a bit intimidated over in Warsaw like the whole thing was just a an all like we were in awe of what was going on and we couldn't settle whereas this time we actually the fans were on form and we dominated the game we wanted to put our stamp on the game and it really felt like right we're in Europe now and we are favourites for this tournament for a genuine reason when you think AZ are up there as well hmm. there was a huge goal for last night and it's hard not to sit this morning obviously a few beers <laughs> last night around Amsterdam but sit here and not be a little bit optimistic for once as a Villa fan as to what could be happening in the next few months Yeah, I mean you could really hear the atmosphere on TV as well uh, it was only the Villa fans you could really hear you know, it was so loud that it even drowned out Robbie Savage's commentary, which was an added bonus, to be honest. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. I'm <laughs> yeah. able to do that for you, mate. Yeah, thanks for that. You can make a habit of that if you want. <laughs> um, but I, I think, uh, you know, you mentioned the experience there. What what was it generally like then? The whole It was just a great uh, time out there for the Villa fans. Yeah. So I, my, I, I flew out yesterday morning. So there was a little bit of a delay on the flight. There was lots of fog here in Amsterdam. Um, but a lot of Villa fans were over here the night before. So I've seen videos of Villa fans enjoying the uh, canal area within Amsterdam. And there's rumours there was over like 3,000 people here without a ticket. Mm. Everywhere you went last night after the game, you'd just be walking around the streets of Amsterdam and you'd be seeing uh, random pockets of Villa fans. So you just turn oh, yeah. a corner and you hear a random John McKinn chant. And then you turn <laughs> the next corner and you hear a Zaniola chant. You know, it's, like, it's such a bizarre situation. But we were encouraged to meet at a fan zone nearish to Alkmaar. So Alkmaar is about a thirty-minute train ride from Amsterdam. Okay, uh, and, and everyone was just so friendly. Everyone was helping us, especially with the way that Dutch football's been in the press recently. 
I was a little bit, not on edge, but a little bit wary that there could be a little bit of trouble around. Yeah, after the Knowles incident with West Ham last year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there have been lots of things that are happening at Ajax recently. Uh, but yeah, they just had buses running from the fan zone direct to the stadium um, where they dropped us off. It was fantastic. The ground is a really, almost like a small St Mary's. It's only one tier, so there's only 16,000. Frankly, I've never got hurt so much in my life celebrating goals because their chairs don't fold up so they're just permanently in this position so the back of my legs is just torn to shreds um so i could have done without a score in four goals that was a little bit excessive <laughs> so, um and then after the game we were kept in for what felt like 15 minutes straight there was about four or five buses waiting they got all the fans that they could on the bus straight to the train station there was a football special train waiting for us they went back on the buses to collect the rest of the Villa fans, put them on the same train. So all the Villa fans got on the same train straight back into Amsterdam. And we were in Amsterdam by local time, about 20 past uh, 10, I think. So they just, it was just so well organised, Frank. And they really, it was quite refreshing to be treated as a human, as a, an away fan in Europe. Like usually you get penned in, you're expecting, mm. you're not allowed to drink for about seven hours between the kickoff and after the game. They, they treated us really well. And, I didn't see a single bit of trouble. I didn't see any incidents. As you saw, all the pubs were really welcoming that we went into. And it was just, it's just been a fantastic away day, Frankie. And obviously when you win 4-1, it helps so mm. much of that. But it, I think the way that the locals have treated football fans in this instance is a lesson for other clubs to follow. Wow, that's, that's, that's a really interesting point. Because, yeah, I think there was a lot of, concerns about going over there before the game, particularly with, you know, what's been happening in Dutch football, what happened with West Ham there in the semi-final last season. So, yeah, that's interesting to hear. Um, you know, something last night when I did my sort of YouTube post-match reaction uh, to the game, I stared down the camera for 20 seconds in pure silence, trying to comprehend what the hell we're witnessing as Aston Villa fans. I've, you know, I, I've waxed a lyrical non-stop for the last week. You know, it's a year since Unai Emery took over and all that. But, you know, you go to every game pretty much and you saw the AZ game there last night. I mean, 6-1 recently, Brighton, 4-1 West Ham, 4-0 Everton, 4-1 uh, AZ. These these are the type of results I grew up associating with like Arsene Wenger's Arsenal, with Guardiola's Man City. I mean, what, you know, I don't, I'm not one to get too carried away, but what do you think we're witnessing at Aston Villa at the moment? I mean, it's something that I've never witnessed before. Genuinely, can't remember like we have had and and then and then was the blues five one and I think we then beat Wigan four nil. So there was a run of really high scoring games in that uh window. But this is something where now I have a confidence around the club. The club has confidence in itself on the field. You know for a fact now that a team has to play really well to beat Villa. Whereas I look at last even last season to and it's certainly at the beginning part of last season at home, we would give teams half an hour of every game at Villa Park. Every team would be allowed to settle into their time at Villa Park. Every team would be welcomed to Villa Park uh, and it'd be treated as such a nice place to play. Come and play football with us and we might try and dictate the game for an hour, but you're going to get some time. Emery has completely changed the culture yeah. and the mindset. It's like they're coming to Villa Park and they have to earn a point here. They have to earn something if they want to come to our ground and take it away from us. And it's a completely different attitude mindset. It's like it's, the, the fans are still a little bit confused by it all because we're just not used to it. But the players, you you just go into a game and you know that if a team beats us, 
they're going to have to do something special at the moment to be as we are the probably the most the country i would say just and it uh, just long may it continue no doubt luton will turn up on sunday and, and that'll be a real sickener that we fail to beat luton or something and that'll be oh right now this is the villa i know and have loved <laughs> for many years but i just think it's it is literally just down to one man thank you your, your professor he has just changed the culture like yeah. he's a tactical genius we sort of that's a given with the the history he had that's not a surprising but the way he's transformed players who were playing before it's not like he brought in a load of new players he's the same team that was playing under uh, Gerard, and the way that he's been able to man manage them and encourage them and just give them self-belief it's just incredible i've absolutely no idea how he's done it and how he continues to do it but you just look at the look at McGinn for example look at the way he's playing the aura he's got that he's playing at the moment he looks like 10 times better than he did this time last year and it's just all down to one man and we've just got there's always that fear in the back of the mind that actually this manager could be too good for, for Villa some of our players could be too good but they're all signing long-term contracts they all invested in this the owners the plans that everything's got going at the moment and it's just a fantastic time to be watching Aston Villa. Yeah, absolutely agree with everything you said. It and it, you're right. The long term contracts and also Emery has a, you know, the club have provided him everything he could ever want as a manager. You know, Monch is coming as a sporting director. Vidigan is there. People that he knows and is comfortable with the coaching staff that he, you know, Pacquiao Staran that he he wants um, bringing in players that he's probably demanding. It's uh, I think for him as a manager, it's probably his dream a scenario as he could possibly get really, unless he was at somewhere like a. I don't know, like a Real Madrid and everything was provided that he wanted. But it's just uh, just incredible, incredible um, to witness it. And I still think pundits and, you know, I listen to wider football podcasts and all that. And there's still a reluctance to, I think, accept that Villa now are a team that might actually be competitive. Um, there's still sort of a, a tone in the voice of, you know, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's good, but it, maybe it'll fall away. Or it, it's still a little bit like... Maybe there's sort of a, oh, it's, it's maybe it's just a good run of form, but I just don't believe a team can go on 11 game winning streaks at home and beat teams 4 0, 6 1, 4 1, 5 0, 4 1. That's just the run of results we've had this season against genuine top teams as well and be a, a lucky side. I, I, I just think that we have to be witnessing something very, very quite special and unique, really. And, um, you know, it's probably time for Birmingham to rise up, isn't it? You know, we've all heard about. Uh, Manchester knocking Liverpool off its perch and all that over you know back in the day and maybe it's time for the Brummies to rise who knows um, but yeah uh, whoever uh, thanks massively for coming on uh, got any more <laughs> thoughts that you want to share before you uh, you leave us uh, well I'm still in Amsterdam mate so I'm going to say actually that I'm I'm, a, I'm on a cloud high at the minute Villa are going to win the Conference League frankly. It's happening. I, I believe it. Oh, it's happening. Premier League as well. I am in a, a WhatsApp group called League Champions 2024, which we've changed every season since about 2021. <laughs> um, but it's kind of this year where we're all like screenshotting the, the name of the, the group and it's like, is it? Like, is it? But no, nah, look, we all at City Arsenal, all those teams are probably going to you know, do it and all that. But Dare to dream. Dare to dream that we might actually be onto something quite good in the next few years. But Weber, thanks massively for joining me early from Amsterdam. I'm sure your head's slightly, slightly throbbing from a, 
a few beers last night. But uh, Webbo, uh, if we want to find you and the London Lions on uh, online, where can we do that? Yeah, so the London Lions football team, which I help run, uh, we play every Tuesday and every promote Sundays as well. So we're on social media and the London Lions. So please feel free if you're uh, relatively new to London and you want to play football or if you want to join the social scene, then please uh, reach out to London Lions on Facebook or any other social media as well. Brilliant. Well, Webbo, best to look at and have some and enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, Frankie.